Guys, welcome back to another ESL podcast, man. I am your host, Arsenio, as usual. And just as I told you yesterday, I wanted to talk a little bit about ExxonMobil. You know, anytime I saw the name, it just looked like it was top class. It looked like this was a company that was trying to better humanity. It looked like, you know, just the name and everything and what they represent and the big glass buildings. I'm like, man, this sounds like a really awesome company to work for. Just like, you know, Shell, although not, you know, oil drill. Oh yeah, although it is oil drilling. But to be honest with you, I've met a lot of different people who work for ExxonMobil out here in Thailand. And I think they're completely unaware and oblivious to what ExxonMobil does to the environment, let alone poor African area, uh, poor African nations in terms of, of course, you know, this having the background of being an American company from the 1970s, and they have a tendency of taking advantage of poor African nations. And so what I have here today, it's going to be a, a, a hell of a video. I'm going to break it down. I'm going to give you very good vocabulary, and we're going to discuss how detrimental ExxonMobil truly is and what they're doing to different Black impoverished areas of the world in terms of taking advantage of poor people. So with that being said, we need to get a basis down. I'm going to stop this. You're going to hear information. I'm going to break down vocabulary terms and we're gonna break down what this person is saying. All right, so here we go. This is how ExxonMobil is destroying the planet. 1977, Exxon held a meeting in its headquarters and a climate scientist told the truth. Without strong action to curb fossil fuel emissions within the next five to 10 years, the world would face a warming trend that could spell disaster for countries around the globe. These so let's break this down. In 1977, they were well aware of what action they could take then to spell, to like curb the disaster, the imminent disaster of what's happening in, of course, modern day today. Now, remember, people knew of what this whole climate change and everything was going, you, you know, what this was going to bring. The, the storms are getting and developing faster. They're becoming stronger. They're getting bigger. We're seeing abnormal weather patterns around the world in terms of seeing snow in the Algiers and you know, uh, seeing snow in Melbourne and, you know, having heat waves in places where it's very cold and seeing, you know, Siberia, people swimming in lakes for the first time in more than 50 years, or if that ever. So, Exxon, you knew, but you didn't act. These were harsh facts, especially for the executives of one of the largest oil and gas companies in the world. But Exxon's leaders didn't face these daunting climate change facts with opposition. Instead, they embraced the scientists' conclusions and poured money into funding state-of-the-art climate models and research vessels to gain a better understanding of the climate change their industry was causing. As Inside Climate News' senior correspondent Neela- Again, let me emphasize, their industry is like the, the, the act of terrorism that their industry is committing. They knew this, they knew this, but let's hear what uh, a correspondent, okay, a senior correspondent said about this particular uh, outing. 
Uh, Banerjee asserts. Exxon was on the cutting edge of science. They wanted to be on the cutting edge of science 40 years ago on climate change. But then everything changed. And they ended up instead leading the denial and, and clouding of public perceptions of science. I mean, the, the change is amazing. Exxon knew about climate change since 1977 and has since worked hard to make sure no one does anything about it. This company is one of the largest in the world, worth almost $400 billion. And since its inception in 1911 with the breakup of Rockefeller's Standard Oil monopoly, it has been involved in countless nefarious operations harming the environmental and social ecosystem. Okay, here we go. After the breakup in 1911 of Rockefeller, okay, they've been involved in countless nefarious operations. Nefarious meaning, let's just say, horrible, op I'm, I'm sorry, horrible operations, like insidious operations, operations that can be detrimental to not only you and I, but to the entire world, you, you know, the environment, the ecosystems, you name it. But of course, they did nothing of not only communities, but whole countries. So today we're going to dive deep into the environmental and social consequences of this fossil fuel giant. Today, we take on ExxonMobil. Mm, here we go. I like to say First mobile. and foremost, ExxonMobil is a fossil fuel behemoth. It ranks fifth on the top 100 companies responsible for 71% of cumulative global greenhouse gas emissions since 1980. Okay, so that's fact number one. They are fifth, okay? The number five responsible for 71% of cumulative global greenhouse gas emissions since 1988. Guys, what you're seeing right now with the greenhouses, ExxonMobil is number five. They're committing, they're literally destroying everything. So when we talk about climate change and say, oh, we need to take action, take action, this is why I forgot what her name is, uh, Orozco or Ocaria, something like that. Some, some lady that lives in New York, she's part of some politician thing. I don't know her name, but she actually mentioned with Hassan Minaj uh, in the Patriot Act about how democracy and how a democratic party and having a democratic party in the Senate, having a democratic party here and over there, they'll be able to take down ExxonMobil. You do realize that you, the United States of America is number two in global greenhouse gas emissions, right? If we look at these four African nations, if we look at even the Bangla, you know, the Bangladesh and you know the Bangladeshes and the Indias of the world, they are all saturated with ExxonMobil. 88. Its operations span the globe, with refineries dominating the Niger Delta and offshore exploration reaching into... So here we go. Let me give you... I'm looking at a map right now, okay? So where are they exactly? Well, if we look at... Let's see what we got here. I'm going to have to zoom in a little bit. What does that say? Upline, downstream, chemical. Okay, so there are three different areas, right? Now, upstream, they have, again, like he said the entire Niger Delta. They're completely destroying Brazil. What do you think is happening with all those, you know, the, the, the Amazon burden out there? Who do you think is responsible for that? Of course, we could blame the, the prime minister, but I bet you Exxon and Exxon saying, hey man, we got we're worth 400 billion. We'll cut you a little change if that's cool with you. I'm just saying. Mexico, 
Mexico, Mexico, Mexico, completely hammered with Exxon Mobile. Canada, Mobile. Not only that, but Europe and Greenland, Iceland. Of course, looking at Russia, China's another one. Ah, oh, and Thailand. Ah, oh, surprise, surprise. Both Thailand, Myanmar, and Vietnam, they have both an upstream, a downstream, and a chemical plant of ExxonMobil. Malaysia is another one, but not Singapore. You know, offshore, oh my God, these are like oil drills, like way offshore. They have them just about everywhere. Australia, but to be honest and to just look at this map in whole, of course, Saudi Arabia, uh, I don't understand why Saudi Arabia would be taken advantage of an American company when they have all the oil in the world. Uh, you know, that's in terms of Venezuela too. But these upstreams, like you said, the Niger Delta, they are taking out Africa. Let me continue with the audio. Egyptian deepwater wells. It's not too far of a stretch to say that ExxonMobil is one of the leading causes of climate change. The list of environmental wrongs created by ExxonMobil's business is extensive. You can point to the 4,167 spills ExxonMobil's operations have caused since 2005, or the over $20 billion spent on exploring and expanding their fossil fuel infrastructure in 2018, locking in deepwater drilling operations in Guyana and Mozambique for years to come. You can even look towards the 20-day methane leak from an ExxonMobil natural gas subsidiary in 2018 that, according to the New York Times, released more methane than the reported emissions of the oil and gas industries of countries like Norway and mm. France. The wow. list of environmental grievances is long, but let's zoom in on one of the more ecologically racked regions globally to understand okay. ExxonMobil's relationship with the environment, the Niger Delta. According to one 2018 study on Nigerian ecosystems, Europe as a whole experienced 10 incidences of oil spills in 40 years. Okay, so Europe, 10 incidences of oil spills in 40 years. Now, what about the continent of Africa? While Nigeria experienced 9,343 oh. incidences in just 10 years. 9,343 incidences in just 10 years. You know what's so funny? that horrible channel by the name of Vice. It's funny that they actually ended up, um, what they ended up making a video about the Niger Delta, Nigeria, the oil spills and how oil was everywhere and it was being extracted in, you know, these different ways or those, you, you, you know, you got, I guess you could say these little soldiers who are protecting different things. This is all because those oil spills in general, they have nothing to do in terms of Exxon Mobile, but of course they would not go so far to, tackle Exxon Mobile, okay? They would literally just point at, oh, let's look at the Nigerian soldiers who are housing, you know, all this, um, what is this, this black market oil, and, and let's make it just seem like, you know, Exxon Mobile is always the good guy. No, it's Exxon Mobile's 9,343 incidences that has made the entire area and these rivers that were once housed with so much fish, now filled with oil and completely destroying fisheries. The same study goes on to claim that the Nigerian environment has experienced the equivalent of one Exxon Valdez oil spill every year for the last 50 years. This vast amount of pollution has led to a loss of 5 to 10% of the Delta's mangrove population and a decline in fish stock decimating the livelihoods of local fishers. 
And the largest oil company operating in the Delta is none other than ExxonMobil, which with its private army protects its polluting interests with supreme aggression. Essentially, the world, and particularly marginalized and indigenous communities, has become ExxonMobil's dumping ground. Now, let's talk about the indigenous communities. This is exactly what's happening right now all across the continent of South America. Now we're talking COVID of course in Peru, but focusing primarily on what's happening right now with the destroying of the Amazon. Why do you think they're destroying the Amazon? People would say, oh, because they wanna do more farmland. They wanna do this, they wanna do that. I bet you that ExxonMobil will be in there within the next 10, uh, the ten, the next 10 years, the next decade. I'm just saying, they already have massive oil plants scattered all across uh, Brazil. So this is just another way. And guess what? This is why news, diff different news outlets have been going into the indigenous populations within the Amazon saying, man, if you guys keep destroying the Amazon, you're literally going to be destroying more indigenous communities. But of course, we don't really give a damn about indigenous people anyways, do we? Environmental destruction, climate change, and waterway pollution are just seen as unfortunate side effects of the company's growth. The full extent of ExxonMobil's impact can't be understood, however, until we address the connection between their fossil fuel activities and the communities they operate within. So let's travel back to the United States for a minute, to the okay. Charlton Pollard section of Beaumont, Texas. Where okay. Charlton Pollard Park section of Beaumont, Texas, where a majority black community lives with the consequences of none else, ExxonMobil. A majority black community lives with the consequences of ExxonMobil every day. A 2017 report from The Intercept followed residents like Joseph Gaines as they struggled with the constant flaring of chemicals from the ExxonMobil refinery down the block. Mm. The Intercept report revealed that the plant releases at least 135 toxic chemicals, many of which are carcinogens, and the plant is regularly in non-compliance with the Clean Air Act. People in Charlton Pollard live with the constant smell of sulfur wafting through the air. And wow. Okay. Now, just to put this into perspective, a guy, what was his name? Brian A. Street. He's a community and African-American activist living out there in the South. I met up in, I met him back in 2018. He shared this particular video of this specific place, a predominant black community within America with ExxonMobil pumping out 135 toxic chemicals into the air, one being sulfur, and the entire community over the last 50 years, every last one of them, that life expectancy is low, and everyone has died of what else? Cancer. Residents have been diagnosed with cancer and heart problems. The air pollution there is over 54 times higher than the national average. 54 times higher than the national average. And guess who else is for ExxonMobil right now? Donald Trump. Donald Trump. The only way that we're gonna be able to stand up against these monsters is to take down the monster. So again, 54 times higher than the national average. Why is it? Oh, oh, it's a black community, no problem. I'm just saying, you know, shoulders get shrugged when things like this happen. Why do you think all the protests erupted around America? Just saying, I'm not making this political. I'm not making this racial. I'm just stating facts. 
you would never see a plant like this in Calabasas. You would never see a plant like this in Orange County. Oh, because there are no oil reserves there. But what if there were? No, these are predominantly white populations. Just putting it into perspective now. The population of Charlton Pollard has sought answers in the form of a complaint to the EPA, but only after 17 years was it answered. And it took the investigative reporting of The Intercept to push the EPA into action. The EPA eventually fined ExxonMobil $2.5 million for polluting the communities around eight of its Gulf Coast refineries, with the added requirement of spending $300 million to Oh, okay, here we go. The Environmental Protect Protection Agency uh, Department fine Exxon, 2.5 million. Okay, so where does that 2.5 million go? Does it go to the communities? Like, I don't give a damn about a fine. And then you reach a settlement of 300 to install gas recovery and other new modern you know, pollution technologies and technological systems. But do you get out of Charlton? No, that's a slap on the wrist. Exxon Mobil, 300 million. They're worth 343 billion, probably up to 400 billion today. Ooh, 300 million, they're probably laughing. They're gonna write that off as a tax off. This is not how you, you don't find them, you shut them down. Fit their refineries with pollution control systems. While this is a victory, it's too little, too late. The slow guy. action is a symptom of ExxonMobil's and other fossil fuel interests defanging of Texas enforcement agencies. In 2016, for example, the state punished fewer than 1% of illegal pollution releases. But ExxonMobil's strategy of casting its negative externalities onto low-income communities and communities of color is not just limited to the local scale. It happens globally as well. If we go back to the Niger Delta, the consequences of big oil companies like ExxonMobil have manifested in nearly double the infant mortality rate near oil spills, as well as a complex web of illegal refineries and armed conflicts. Okay, that's what I was just telling you guys about. A complex web of illegal refineries, such as what's happening in Nigeria with these armed soldiers and armed conflicts surrounding pipeline and fossil fuels pipeline and fossil fuel operations. One community leader interviewed by The Guardian laments, oil companies do not value our life. They want us all to die. In the past two years, we have experienced 10 oil spills and fishermen can no longer sustain their families. It is not tolerable. And does ExxonMobil do anything about it? Of course not. Guys, all I'm trying to do, now you guys could go on and watch this video in full. Um, I'm not exactly sure, what is it? ExxonMobil controls our lives. You type that in on YouTube, you can find that. Watch it in full. I just want to just bring it into perspective. What do you learn from this? Well, this is from the previous podcast, right? We have to understand how we are destroying the environment. But the problem is the people who are destroying the environment, they're in full power. There is nothing that we can do. It's kind of like Wall Street, right? Wall Street and the great financial crisis, none of it makes sense whatsoever. You know, and of course, middle-class people, they're always going to be the ones that are thrown completely under the bus. When everything crashed, when COVID came and destroyed everything, 401ks went right out the window yet again. It's just that they don't want to put emphasis and put the limelight on to Wall Street this time and again. So, of course, this is how they deflect it by going to the coronavirus. It's China. It's this. It's that. No. 
It's these companies and these people in power play positions that are doing this. Man, you could tell us youngsters, say, hey, you know what, Arsenio, man? Okay, let's not do this. I understand that this is happening over there. And maybe we should start cleaning up these rivers and do this and do that. But guess what, man? We got PTT here in Thailand. All right. And we also got ExxonMobil too. Who knows how many oil drills? What do you think the people in Songkhla down south are protesting for right now? The government is trying to enforce another coal burning plant. What is that going to do? Where are those gases? Are, where are those gases going to go? They're going to go into the goddamn lungs of the people who are living there. So yes, the predominant Muslim population, which I'm emphasizing because, of course, this country just doesn't really give a goddamn about Muslims, are going to just go down there and they're going to waltz in there. They're going to build this factory and they're going to say, oh, we've created 100,000 jobs. And you know what? You've created lifelong environmental destruction. Congratulations. It's all about money, right? People, again, and I'll emphasize, in power play positions are going to continue doing this until we are heard. This is why what started in America, which of course, unfortunately, you know, there are more COVID cases and all that, but it's the only way where we can make the, I guess you could say the lesser voice can become more of a well-rounded voice. Gotta get, we gotta be able to like put our foot down and say, you know what, man? I know what you guys are about. You guys are monsters. Don't play with me. And I'm not blaming anyone. I'm not blaming and knocking the hustle. Meaning I'm not blaming you for not knowing what you don't know. All the Thai people, all these educated Thai folks that I've met over the X amount of last maybe six months who work at ExxonMobil, they're the ones that consistently they end up having these problems over and over and over. So again, you gotta be able to put them into, <laughs> I don't know. Where do you start? You gotta put the right people in the right office. Now, what, end up, what ends up happening after that, if you don't put the right people in the right office, is you're going to continuously have these factories. Who the hell is still burning coal? Guys, this isn't Mongolia. All right, this isn't China. No, no offense to any of my Chinese folks. But that's why Limpin, China was rated one of the most polluted cities in the world. Now, of course, if we go to, you know, Ulaanbaatar in Mongolia during the, the, winter, the wintry months, and again, I know my Mongolians that listen to this podcast, you guys could definitely back me up on this. If we go to the uh, Lahore, Pakistans, um, if we go to the Sarajevo of Bosnia, it's all coal burning out there. They don't care. It's all about that money. Just bringing it, just bringing it, and I brought it. So you guys can keep this with you today. Oh, boy. Boy, I'm glad I had that little interaction downstairs because I got my blood pressure all going. But I'm just telling you guys to do your research. I just want to give you guys some information. You can, <laughs> if you think ExxonMobil is good because it creates jobs but kills millions of others, that's on you. I'm going to let you take this and you can take it however you want to take it. So in saying that, guys, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in to this very, very interesting podcast. This was a nice fiery one. And we're going to be talking about a lot of businessy stuff coming up probably at the end of the year when I kick off my Business English podcast on this podcast. So in saying that, guys, stay tuned for more. I'm your host. 
as always, over and out.